friends. that I wanted to do for a very long time. There are a lot of people out there that I know that are dealing with leaving the organization and not feeling like they have a circle or leaving the organization and being naive when they find their, their new circle. We wanted to get some of the thoughts from those in the community and um, some of their experiences, you know, just to see what we're all going through. It's rough out here when you leave. The feedback you get from former Jehovah's Witnesses or former members of anything is the loss of community. It's ingrained in us, right? Uh, human beings, uh, we're tribal creatures. And whether it's a city, a town, a church, and then the smallest unit, right? Your family. You're always part of some tribe. And it's hardwired on us. This is how we've evolved. So when you lose that community, it's really difficult. So let me ask you something. When you were in the organization, who were your friends? My friends were the people in the organization. But I mean, um, uh, I mean, like, did you have friends outside of your immediate family? Yes, I did. Like in the congregation, we had I had friends. I had um, you know, just kids in the congregation. Um, we hung out. Uh, my father would take us, to, you know, to play ball or to play sports. We would go to amusement parks. Um, yeah, we were friends. Like we would go to each other's house and play video games. And as I got older, I found friends that weren't in my immediate congregation, but like my circle was always people in the organization. Same here, man. Well, I think when I was little, very little, my mom let me have a uh, friend that wasn't a Jehovah's Witness. He lived across the street. You know, eventually later on, as the years progressed and we got deeper in organization, especially when I moved to California, all my friends were witnesses. As a teenager... It's interesting that a lot of us, I guess a lot of people that leave the organization miss the friendships because there were friendships. You have friendships in there. Mind you, they, they have a condition, a big condition. But the people that you hung out with, the people you did things with, were all Jehovah's Witnesses. I mean, it's a condition that we accepted at the time. Um, but I, that's everywhere. When you leave that organization, you realize that every friendship, for the most part, has some type of condition. When I left being a Black Jehovah's Witness, I tried to fit myself into a culture that not only that I really wasn't a part of for so long, but it was a culture that like, I looked like I didn't fit in. I was that Black guy that, you know, would say a, I'd say a word like a slang or something, and it sounded horrible coming out of my mouth. You know, <laughs> like it would sound like I was trying. I didn't realize that color mattered when I left. That color is still a big part of this world. Like when I was growing up, and you know the way I was raised, color didn't matter in the organization. That as long as that person was a Jehovah's Witness, that's all that mattered. So when I left, my music taste is all over the place. Growing up, I could listen to different types of music, and everyone in the car would be fine with. But then you get these circles when you start listening to like Pearl Jam 
and you know <laughs> you get those questions but you were you raised in a black family and it takes a dean so you start to try to you think something's wrong with you so you try to i for me personally like i tried to change who i was um but who were you joe I don't know. I'm still figuring it out now. Like, <laughs> you know, we've, had, we've had this conversation before. Like I've been out for 11 years, going on going on 11 years. I feel like an 11 year old in this world. Right. And right. that's embarrassing because you don't have many places you can open up about that. Yeah. You can say that to someone um, without them feeling sorry for you. Nobody wants to feel like Jehovah's. There are certain things you can say to an ex Jehovah's Witness, and they will laugh. But if you say that to people that didn't experience that it's like oh yeah they're they're gonna be (laughs) yeah i mean i guess yeah i hear you i hear you i mean i agree every every friendship whether in or out is conditional if i had a friend that did something terrible to somebody else or was not a good person quote quote good person right they harmed other people i would not be their friend that's my i have boundaries uh the only difference is the organization sets a particular boundary, which is you can't be friends with this person or associate with them at all if they think differently than you regarding the specific religion, which is harmful and not productive because the day you decide it isn't for you, then you have no one. You start off with no one. It's a very, very common um issue amongst former members when and you left did you find it hard to be comfortable in new circles i have always been very extroverted mm. so i used to have like a lot of people i used to be the guy oh let's go to, we're going to a party let's meet at ruben's house that was me you met at my house and we go to the party <laughs> as a joe's witness <laughs> did i find it difficult to make new friends mm. Yes and no. Yes, I could make new friends, but I think over the years you learn like not everybody's your friend and something that you have to kind of learn because in the organization is everybody's your friend and you make up easily because I mean, what real contentions can there be? There could be contentions, you know, there could be fallouts, but they're ultimately your your quote unquote brothers, right? Yeah. So the friendships that I made outside, uh, <laughs> what do I say about those? <laughs> I've made wonderful, wonderful friends. Thank goodness for the extra hosemanist community. I've met my uh, some of my closest friends doing that. I have many acquaintances and I have real good friends that are close. Uh, at first, though, yeah, it's a learning curve. You got to learn how to, you got, it's like a, my dad used to say, la vida es un juego. I mean, life is a game. You got to learn the rules of the game, man. There's rules. <laughs> At, in, on the outside, there's different rules, you know? See, I didn't know what an extrovert or introvert was until leaving. Introverts tend to be very awkward. And I am a very awkward person in social situations. And if I'm not comfortable with the people, once I'm comfortable with you and I know I could be myself, which is that I'm awkward. You know, I'm goofy. You know this. Like, I'm, I love just joking around. I don't want to be serious every five minutes. You got to find your circle. Like, you have to find your circle that can accept you for who you are. When I left, I started hanging with relatives because that's all I knew. I had certain coworkers that I would hang with that accepted me for my awkwardness. As a Black man, you know 
that it's a it's a seriousness that comes behind that in that culture in our culture it's a seriousness like we don't we can't afford to be openly goofy in a lot of circles even from you know because of the way you know our neighborhoods are the way our 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 society is black men aren't allowed to be certain things i'm not allowed to be awkward i'm not allowed to be goofy like i'm a person that loves to smile um and i remember the first time i was smiling in a pic with some family members and they was like well why you got that goofy ass smile on your face and i'm like Cause I'm, I'm like i'm happy to be around it was a lot of things opened up for me like i didn't know fashion like i knew fashion was something big growing up in baltimore from just the way, you know, I was, we weren't, we were poor. So we didn't buy name brand things. My father was like, that's a part of the world. We're not going to do that. So you would go to school and things that weren't name brand and things that weren't popular. And people can be cruel because that's what they were. I thought like adults were better than that. Like I thought this switch would come on and be like, okay, high school is over. But there are certain things in a culture that if you're not accustomed to, you will be, you will learn quick. It was a learning experience being like a black ex Jehovah's Witness not minimizing anybody else's experiences because i'm sure for you being you know latino it was certain things that you realized that in the in the extra Jehovah's witness community was different than those that weren't like weren't Jehovah's witnesses mm. but it, i mean i i feel for extra black extra Jehovah's witnesses because it's a different world and i i feel like you guys have it a little bit you so here's i think this is the the difference right i think you have it more complicated than than me as a Hispanic, in the sense is this in this, in this we are I I grew up in a Spanish congregation, so the the culture was Jehovah's Witness, but our culture was very Spanish too, mm. you know. Like I had, um, and in my case, you know, I've always had family that's not Jehovah's Witness because my mom was a Jehovah's Witness, my siblings stopped being a Jehovah's Witness early on, so it was just me and my mom. And then my dad wasn't a Jehovah's Witness. So I had the culture around me all the time. And in the and in the congregation, like if when I moved to California, it's mostly Mexican. Yes. But it's uh it, they're very Mexican culturally. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 they're able to keep that culture. I think you as a as a as a black person in a Jehovah's Witness organization, you're in a congregation mixed with white people. No, like we were, it was a black Jehovah. No, we had a black. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It, but right. it was no, well. It, we it, the, feared, culturally, 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 it was Jehovah's culturally Jehovah's Witnesses are white. Like right, that's kind of where I was going with. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. just say it. Like it's culturally, the, the English congregation culturally, right? I imagine because I did go to the English too, so uh, for a bit, it, it the English congregation had that feel of it wasn't like. Uh, celebration of black culture, you know, of course not, right? You were grouped together with the black culture. The, the black people were grouped together with the people who ran the organization were white. So, you know, obviously a lot of these congregations were established by mostly white people. I think, and it was viewed negatively. <sighs> And it, like and it, I, oh, that's uh, that's another aspect. It was right? viewed negatively. Like right. I love, like I look at it like my parents, my parents who I love my parents, and I think they did their best to raise me 
to be safe, but it was very sheltered. I think when you have, you talk to like white ex Jehovah's Witnesses, it's a difference. Right. It's a difference. Um, I get it. And so for us, like we were like, okay, for a lot of white Jehovah's Witnesses that I knew, they may not have like hung with their family, but they knew their family. I would be the only one that would go to see my family with my, my father. My father would do return visits to my grandmother's house, and I would be the only one that went. When my great uncle died, my brother and sister showed up to the funeral, and my, my cousins didn't even know I had brothers and sisters. I had no idea that my cousins didn't know I had brothers and sisters. I was like in my 30s when this happened. Mm. So it's, it's just interesting that they shield us from a certain culture and then you're shielded for that forever and you like 30 years plus and then when you leave and you're five six seven years out you're not a part of that culture like you don't know you know certain slangs you don't know certain how to handle yourself in certain environments like there are certain environments to save your life you can't smile like if you can't if you don't understand what that means it's weird when you can, like these people are trying to save your life and you're like, I mean, until I got older, you know, and more mature, I would blame and be angry at like my family. Like, yeah, you guys didn't treat me like family. You treated me like a relative, blah, blah, blah. But as you learn and you see the world and you see how, you know, certain people don't want to see you happy. Weirdest thing that happened to me, my cousin, he's a bus driver. And I told you the story how he left his charger at my house one day. And so I'm like, oh, I'll meet you on your bus stop to, you know, to get your charger. When he saw me driving down, he had the biggest smile on his face. And somebody behind me was like, what the fuck he happy for? And everybody in the bus stop, yeah, what he's smiling for? He like five minutes late. And I'm like, oh shit, like, oh, you can't smile or they'll be mad at you. People will be mad. Like, I don't know, I don't know if that's just my, that neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Basically, you're leaving, or you're leaving a group that has certain stipulations, right? And then you're going into it's another group. You're going into a larger culture. Maybe mm-hmm. you're going into another group that's maybe you make friends in an extra hosewinners community. That's another culture. That's another group. You know, as much as you want to not call it that, it it is because that's just our human nature. We we connect with others that are similar to us, or because that's basically what friendships are, right? These relationships mm-hmm. where you both benefit from from one another. I've heard like, oh, this topic is simple, right? Oh, that's a t- that's a simple topic. Making friends that's easy. Some people are like, no, it's not. We don't know how to do this. We've had people comment right on these things and how they feel maybe we should read some of these comments we asked for some comments want to review them we did ask in the group um, for some questions stories and awkward moments so we're going to read some of these that came into the inbox and that were posted in the group so dale george he wrote i left a long time ago when i was 19 and the one thing i found due to my immaturity and cocooned upbringing was that it was hard to brush off classing people as worldly. I found myself very judgmental about new people and found that I classed them as bad people. I missed my friends that I'd grown up with 
and that I had alliances forged with. I felt that the new friends that I did meet never came up to par with the standard that I was used to. It took about 10 years to shrug that off completely. Quite ironic, because since then, I found a few lovely friends that I've been close to for 20 years and love dearly. What do you think about that, man? I can relate. I've been there where I was extremely judgmental, and I would judge them as bad for things that they did. What kind of things did you judge them for? One, for the way I was treated. When you're different, you will get treated differently. And I would judge people. I would put myself in circles that I was uncomfortable with. But because of the way I was treated, I would classify these people as bad people. And and now that I've, I, I'm separated myself from those situations, I, I'm not. I don't see them as bad people. They, like, I wasn't the people that were, like, that may have had, like, sex with several partners. Um, okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, okay. that's a good All example. Right. All right. All right, so I would look at people that have, you know, had sex with multiple partners. Okay. Um, and I would judge them for that. Um, I would judge people for, you know, maybe drug use or alcohol use. So it sounds like you still believed in some of the stuff that they said, What the moral standards that they had, you still believed in those moral standards. When you do something for 30 years, you can't just switch it off. Like you live your life a certain way. You just can't switch it off. To this day, I still have some Jehovah's Witness like tendencies. Like I'll talk to my parents and I'll like let them know. Like I, I still act like a Jehovah's Witness in days. I know I do. I mean, that's just who I am. It's like that you're, even if it's like a the personality that you've developed. No, I hear you, man. But what I find interesting is the judgmental part, right? You're judging other people for having certain criteria. I'm not saying now, I'm talking about then. You had this judgment on them. And I think that would be a definite roadblock to creating new friends once you're out. I would judge people that, you know, wanted to be in poly relationships. And because there are different types of relationships out there. But in that same sense, when I'm like, okay, I was wrong for judging those people, I started to feel like I was wrong for wanting to be a monogamous person. And that's where you got to find that line. Like, that's what I meant in the beginning when I was saying being yourself and finding out who you are. There are things that inherently you know off the break that you like. Off the, off, you know you like. You know you might like chocolate over strawberry. And then you go in a room and 500 people are like, well, strawberry tastes like shit. You start to really think to yourself, well, is it me? <laughs> like, you know, am I? Right. Is there something wrong with me? No, it's not. It's about finding your circle. It's interesting that you, you speak about how it is like to leave and not know who you are, but then you're making friends and you learn this and you learn that and you don't quite fit in and you're judgmental, but then you learn along the way. It sounds like it's a, it's a journey of a, a growing journey, you know, like it's, it's, you could take, you could look at it a different way. You could look at it, you could look at it as like, it was really hard. And these, I, I figured out that these people aren't my, really my friends, or I figured out that this is not what I liked, but if it wasn't for those experiences, you wouldn't know who you are. No, you know what I mean? All, yeah. It's all a lesson. It's all a lesson. So like, I always see that. I always feel that that way. Like, for example, you know, like, yeah, how cool would it have been if I wasn't a Jehovah's Witness? But then again, who would I be if that wasn't the case? I don't know. 
uh, after I left and I made these friends, good ones that I've remained friends with. But over the years, it changes because it naturally progresses. Even if you're not in the organization anymore, you are growing as a person. You're you're maturing. At one point, I was 20-something. Right now, I'm 45. I'm not the same man I was 10 years ago. I'm not the same man I was five years ago. And I hope that that's true when I'm 50. Now, I'm not yeah. the same man I'm 45. That you always progress. And so with that also comes changes. Sometimes you're going to have people in your life that don't fit in anymore in your life. And that's something that that we don't learn as Jehovah's Witnesses. Because everybody fits in always. Because everything's the same always. Because you're the same always. Because you're, you're, your existence is mechanical. It goes one way. But in once you're out of that, you are in control of who you become. And all those experiences build to who you're becoming. Uh-huh. That's kind of the way I see it. And it's yeah. and it's a more so if I have a friend that I had and I'm like, yeah, he's not longer my friend, but I look back and I remember, oh, we had these good times. And I'm haha, I could laugh about certain things and be like, well, I could appreciate that person for the addition to my story and my life at the time. Let's go to another one in the group. Here's one. This one is from Trajancy. Um, she said, honey, it's a task. I've always figured that the people that really cared about me were my witness friends and that after leaving, I'd have to deal with people who only want my friendship for what they can get from me. And I've seen that become true recently. It's not true that we can't find good friends out here. It is just really hard to do so without thinking that they'll have some ill intentions like the Jehovah's Witness has taught us for so long. I'm still struggling with finding real friends, but I'm certain that it's possible. So basically, the the narrative that they teach you that people are bad, the world is bad, they're going to betray you, you still have that ingrained in your brain. That's hard to break. Not everyone's bad. Like, you have that silent majority. You're going to run into people that do not have your best interests at heart. You're going to run into people that actually take joy in seeing you unhappy. And when you find that, you cannot let that dictate the rest of your experiences. Like it's easy to develop trust issues. I can completely agree. I've found that out recently within the last two years. And from those types of experiences, you learn. It's that simple. Take that experience and learn from it. After every experience now that I'm out, the first question I ask is what did I learn? And when it comes to friends and finding out if a person is a friend or not a friend, or It's not even that that person is a bad person. You just don't click. You may have clicked at one point, but everyone grows. You grow apart. Can't villainize those people, especially if you don't know if they've changed because you're no longer with them. You wish them the best and you move on. And that's the type of energy that, that for me that helped me move on. But it's easy to allow that struggle to dictate all of your encounters. And that's one thing I encourage people not to do because that will hold you back. It's hard. I, I, I'm awkward. So when I go into certain circles, even circles around ex-Jehovah's Witnesses, I find myself not comfortable until I talk myself down and relax. And certain situations, you'll develop trust issues. But you cannot allow 
those bad, those one, two, three, five, six, seven bad situations dictate all of it. But that is easier said than done. This one is my favorite. Okay. This is from Max Wren. Okay. I, I can definitely relate to this one. I found it hard to connect with people out here at first. I felt like that awkward kid in school. I didn't understand everyone's references. I didn't know anything about politics or societal issues. I didn't understand their sense of humor. I had no real life experience outside of the Jehovah's Witness. So I had nothing to bring to the table in terms of friendship. I got to the point where I told people to just treat me like I was an alien so that they'd know that they'd had to fill me in on things or over explain things to me or expect social awkwardness from me. Yes, I can agree. If you are just an awkward person in general, you are going to find it challenging to go into circles where these people have confidence in their knowledge of this world. You know, I see it all the time when it comes, I'm at work and they talk about holidays and I'm just quiet. So what are you doing for the holidays? And I really don't celebrate holidays now. I'm not a fan of spending money on Christmas. You know, I'm not a fan of telling people give, to give me gifts or what type of gifts I want on Christmas, like, especially when I have the money to buy it myself. You know, I find all that weird. I can relate to Max Wren's comment. Like, I, I know what it's like to feel like an alien in this world. I am very awkward myself. I was the awkward kid in school because um, when I was bullied, I'd get on my knees and pray for she bears to attack the bullies. So, you know, as you get older, you, you run into those same situations where you're, you don't realize there are social norms that you're not accustomed to because you were, you were brought up in such a, a sheltered environment. And it's hard to adapt that way. I and mean, then we are all not Ruben, you know, that can just go into a circle, every circle and just be like, oh man, you know, this is, you know, this is me. You know, I, I, can, I can be in any circle, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, we're all not you. Oh my God, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is how my friend treats me, folks. <laughs> Friend, friends, how many of us have them? Can you relate to Max about being an alien? I feel like I've always had a one foot in and one foot out, but like a foot out that nobody noticed. (laughs) 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 Mentally out. Like I was like a one foot, like, because my waking up was waking up to the fact that I kind of always knew somewhere in the back of my head. Yeah, I wouldn't say it. I I don't relate because I I feel like culturally too, you know, even as a Jehovah's Witness, I was attuned to what was going on around around. And I think it has to do a lot with like, for example, your family, your mom and dad and your brothers and sisters are all witnesses. Mm-hmm. In my case, me and my mother were the only ones. And my siblings were out. My father was never a Jehovah's Witness. My, I have a brother that was never a Jehovah's Witness. So all those things I kind of already seen or experienced that. And I'm pretty sure that there's other people that grew up Joe's Witnesses too that had parents, maybe they had parents that, uh, 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 maybe they had a parent that wasn't a Joe's Witness and they kind of had holidays on one end and then the others. Because I've seen that. So when you have that, it's not so hard to acclimate. So I, I, uh, there's certain things that you have to learn along the way that we all do that we didn't experience because we're Joe's witnesses. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't as awkward. I didn't have to be filled in, you know. If you were, you know, I, I watched many rated R, rated R movies before I left the organization. 
but you know like i saw the i saw things and i experienced people and that were family members and i've had that in my life for a long time so immediately leaving the joe's witnesses i went to live with my sister who wasn't a joe's witness for many many years and it was my sister you know what i mean so i had my sister and then you you kind of like lived your life and met new people you had to unlearn those Jehovah's Witness habits and learn how the outside of that experience worked. So we have one more from our DM from the Facebook um, inbox, and it's from Lisa. So issues with making friendships. Well, one is trust. You are fighting your indoctrination that worldly people are bad and will never really care about you. However, the people you grew up with that unconditionally, air quotes, loved you and were your friends just stopped because you decided you didn't want to go to the meeting or question things. Actually, they cut you off because other people told them to and act like you're dead. It's hard to trust people after that. The second issue is I feel like an alien observing people and trying to figure out how to act, how much to share, how to answer questions about my family and so forth. I feel like I'm an adult physically, but on the friendship level, a 12-year-old trying to figure out things, and I'm behind the curb on most things. That I, We've had that conversation all the time on how you exactly, you feel you're the age of your separation from the organization. And she's been out 12 years. I've been out 11. And I realized that two years ago that Damn, I'm like a nine-year-old in this world. When you find yourself in circles and situations that you don't belong in and you're, you're not used to, and you're used to a certain group of people, but you find out that was fake. Like she said, all circles have some type of condition, whether it be you dress a certain way, you act a certain way, you have a certain belief, you date certain people. Um, a lot of circles have this condition. And when you break that condition, they'll cut you off. It's not just Jehovah's Witnesses. But her second point is the point that we, like, same thing Max said. Like, you feel like an alien. Like, you don't feel like you belong in this world. And you can get disheartened finding your circle. And it, it takes patience, but it can be disheartening. It's, it's um, Lisa's comment combines everything that we've been talking about, right? Mm-hmm the other comments that we read, this is like, she made it all in one. It's interesting how it's all, I, I, I think it's very, this is the common, it's the common thread. Common thing. Yeah. The common thing among XOs when it's trying to create new friendships and bonds over time through our interactions and things that are said and things that are done, you learn about the person, you grow that trust. And then you could be like years later, like I am with you, being like, yo, man, I could trust you with anything. And that's how I see it. Ditto. Yeah. I hope that helps, Lisa. It's no like perfect formula for finding friends. Even if you didn't leave, even if you people out here run into those same things, they're going to run into the same issues. You're going to have trust issues. You're going to be fucked over. And then in those situations, you're going to take that experience and run with it. For the most part, the solid majority are reasonable, rational people. I mean, you have 
I, from my experience, the loudest person in the room is usually the most ignorant person and wrong. So it's not, those are the people that you usually speak. Those are the people that you see on social media. Um, Facebook has the algorithm because they want you to engage. You don't engage in peaceful comments. The ones, the comments that have the most engagement are those ones that most of the people disagree with. Yeah, I agree. I think your best bet is to is to sit back, relax, and let the person do their thing. And if they can gain your trust, you know, give them your trust. You know, and just know that at any time you can revoke it. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if they earn your trust, they earn your trust. If they don't, they don't. Agreed. Yeah. Start neutral, man. Start in a neutral position. So we have a comment from Instagram, and I'm going to read that one. It's from Let's Get Fit, LOL. And I'm not laughing. That's the name. Let's Get Fit, LOL. Hi. I have seen your post asking for stories on new friend circles and thought I would send you a message. I found some great people in a Facebook group for XJWs in the UK. Over lockdown, they held weekly Zoom chats, which were a lifeline to me, even though I had plenty of quote-unquote, worldly friendships. These friendships, including my partner, who I was very close to, just didn't understand. And I found that being able to chat to people that understood without explanation was really helpful to me. I would recommend finding a similar group to anyone that has left. XJW's groups, yeah, have been a lifeline for a long time. I created the group the XJ Host Witness Recovery Group in 2006 in my MySpace. And it was so cool. And we all laughed and joked and understood each other. And then it went to Facebook and it grew. And all the groups were fun. It helps because the biggest thing you know you learn when you're dealing with people who had the same experience you had is that you are not alone. And that's powerful. That's what changes everything. This is the beginning of everything. Post- leaving the organization is knowing that you're not crazy and knowing that you're not weird because you're not, once you've realized that there's other people out there that feel and think the same way you do, then you're like, Oh, it frees you. And that commonality helps. It, it does. Like I, like like it's, it's funny when you find an extra hopeless witness, you know, not in an extra hopeless witness group, those types of relationships like last very long times. And I am proof of that. Um, so yeah, like you, it's, it's good when you find us extra homes witnesses just out in the wild. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And don't think that because your extra host witnesses that, that yes, it kind of comes up with, especially me and you, right? Cause we're doing this project and stuff and, we talk about we have to talk about the experience, but that's not the only thing we talk about. No, not at all. You know, like some people, you know, at the beginning, that's all they have in common. But you'll find that over time, you know what I mean. You'll be like, yeah, you don't want to talk about that anymore. You talk about some other shit, you know, like uh, subjects that you both are interested in or social issues that you both have comments in. Or, or you know, um, I know that. My friendship with Betsy, we talk all the time. And with Betsy, I mean, it hardly hardly ever comes up sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we talk about other stuff. Like, yeah, like, I I look at with Wanda. Like, it's the same thing. Like, we 
we became close because of that, you know, but now, no, we don't talk about Jehovah's Witness stuff at all. Like rarely. Right. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a relationship. It's a friendship. It's more than just, but that helped our relationship. Oh, of course. I think that definitely brought us closer. Like I, I met Wanda on a dating site and <laughs> we didn't know we were extra witnesses when we started talking and we just, we, we clicked on the dating site. We exchanged numbers and we're on the phone and we're both explaining how like sheltered our life is and how it's hard to relate in this world. And she's telling me all the things that she couldn't do growing up. And I'm just, at first I thought she was like a seven day Adventist because I've heard there's some similarities between seven day Adventists and Jehovah's Witnesses. So I'm just like, yeah, do you mind me asking like what religion you grew up in? She was like, well, I was a Jehovah's Witness. And that kind of like eased both of our tension when we found out like, you know, we both were ex-Jehovah's Witnesses. And like to this day, I know that being able to relate to that, we have, we can give each other leadway on because we both don't understand this world I, I took her to a wedding two years ago and we both learned a lot about this world at that wedding um and that's all i'll say about that <laughs> but that's all i will say is that it really that's oh, wow. it. yep because nope, nope, this is going to be a positive i you know what i will say with that wedding go taking her to that wedding helped our relationship because we knew what we weren't we knew what we didn't want. And, you know, long story short, we just realized that we are not for everyone. That's not a bad, even though shitty people did shitty things in that environment, I still refuse to label them bad people because that's just the way, that's their culture. That's how they were raised. That's what their environment was like to make sure certain things like that was okay. No one died. No one died, so it wasn't is it. You just know who you want in your life and who you want in your circle. And because I want to end on a positive note, I want to make sure that it, you, you will have shitty situations leaving the organization. And this is for those that have just left, or if you're one listening to this and you're considering leaving. It's, it's challenging. It's possible. And if you want to leave, and that is a decision that you want to do. Do not allow the fear of trying to find your circle stop you from being happy because you will find, eventually it'll happen. Eventually you will find your people. I mean, I'm proof of that. Ruben's proof of that. Like Ruben is definitely in my circle. You know, Wanda is definitely a strong part of my circle. I have Betsy is a strong part of my circle. I mean, I've met really good people and that commonality helps us. I was going to like, I wanted to have a like a bell, ding, 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 ding. Because what you said at the beginning was that that experience that you had, right? With her in Hawaii, the experience that wasn't so great helped you grow. It solidified the relationship that you already had and helped that grow. And it taught you something. That's the missing component in the stagnant world of being a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, that's great. You got friends forever. But is there really any growth? Are you going anywhere? Are you going anywhere? Is it making things stronger? Or are they just always going to be fragile? You know more who you are because of these experiences. 
that you've had that are negative. So not everything that is negative is always has to be looked back on as like this terrible thing. What you do we can do, Ruben, what every do, time we run into oh, that, what do we do? Joel's famous words. What, what did we learn? <laughs> Everything burns. <laughs> uh, oh. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, Joe. Thank you, Ruben. This was thank, great. Thank you I for hope it helps everyone out there that's uh, you know that's leaving and considering leaving. Like, trust us, you are not alone. You got friends out here. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Nobody Asks Us to Do This, the next Jehovah's Witness podcast. Remember, our stories may be varied, but you are not alone. Take off that new personality and create your own. Have a great one.